name is Margarita. Please have a seat. Um, today our scripture passage comes from the book of Luke, chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, and you may follow along on the screens or at home. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing in those days, during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift, up, lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. The word of the Lord. Thank you for uh, reading the scripture passage for this morning. So our focus is going to be this morning about in Luke. And we're going to talk about chapter 4, verse 1 through 13. But before we do that, why don't we just uh, spend a couple of more minutes just in prayer. I think, you know, this week has been uh, hard and difficult, but I know God is doing something. And if it hasn't been hard and difficult for you, that's good. It's also good if you've been happy and, and joyful and the things that are happening in your life, that's also good. But let's pray that... Um, our, you know, our hearts can just be open. Our spirits can just be ready for what God is doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. Amen. Amen. So let's pray uh, this morning. Thank you, God, for this time. Thank you for the ways that you always uh, move in in our community, in our lives, in our families, with our f friendships and everything that you're doing around us. And, uh, and even in the things that are not even around us, the things you're doing with other people, the things that are, we don't know that you're working on and just preparing just people's hearts this morning. And we just pray for uh, your presence to come, that overwhelming just fire that can come and just cover us and transform us for your glory. Thank you, God, for this time as we just come together as a church just to worship you and to give you all the glory and the honor, God. Thank you for the things you will continue to do in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Magdiel. 
and one of the pastors here at Renew. Um, our lead pastor is in a sabbatical, and for those who are wondering, he's coming back in four more weeks. Four more weeks, I think it's um, 468 hours or something. Uh, not that I'm counting, right? <laughs> but he's coming back in four weeks. Um, I hope you've been praying for him uh, through this season of him just resting. He's been doing uh, ministry before Renew, but uh, he planned a Renew Church like 10 years ago. So this is a good time for him just to, you know, have a sabbatical and just rest and continue to pray for him uh, during this time. So four more weeks for those of you who are wondering. <laughs> but um, this morning, we're going to talk about Look, if you have read the story about Jesus and um, all the gospel talks about, you know, when he was little until, you know, he finished his ministry and uh, we are preparing this week, Wednesday was the beginning of Lent, which means the start of 40 days for us to prepare for God, uh, for what Jesus did for us in that cross, right? So we're preparing our hearts. And when I was like uh, reading to the to the passage, I, I and I study and I everything was about temptation, sin, and what do we do with that, right? And I was, I I know that's important and we should all care about that, but I don't want to talk about that. I just don't feel like you know that's something that I want to talk about. Uh, maybe we just give that for Pastor Dave when he comes back, but <laughs> I don't want to do that. So like, what will be the focus? And I listen to many like preachers different sermons and no one have like something different like wow this is this is really hard like what is it that like we we just all focus about that which is important like i say i'm i don't trying to minimize that but uh when you go through the desert and when we hear you know the temptation of what jesus you know was tempted by the devil and what we just read it is really powerful but he was uh before this chapter, remember he was baptized. The Holy Spirit came and that voice from heaven. What did he say? This is my son, the one who I love, right? So he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And right after that, this is the chapter where we start seeing this. The story, how it unfolds. So he goes right to the desert. And I was like, wow. Uh, in my mind, it was like, wow, if I don't feel like I'm in a desert, that, you know, like, you have to be ready for that. But you, that means that the Holy Spirit needs to, like, come first, fill you up, and then you go through something difficult, right? And then thinking about that, it's like, yeah, that is so truth. The moment that I spend, you know, reading the Word of God, praying, and then it's preparing your heart, your soul, your spirit for what is yet to come. And I was, wow, if, like... If I meditate on that and the stories that I've been through, the hard things that I've been through, it, I couldn't done it without God. I couldn't done it without, you know, the help of the Holy Spirit. The reason that I'm saying this, I know three weeks ago I preached about, you know, a little bit of my testimony, where I come from. And I grew up in a city, which is Tijuana. It is a desert. It is a desert. We don't have trees like, you know, Washington. That's one of the things that I love the first time I came here when I was like 19 years old. Uh, to like uh, go to college is like this is a beautiful place and I love you know Washington and then I went to like Eastern Washington oh this is like Tijuana it's the same thing <laughs> and, like I feel at home <laughs> 
it was nice because you know after seeing all this beauty and then going to like a desert like wow I feel like you know this is my natural habitat or whatever <laughs> but um, knowing that and having that experience made me realize you know the beauty that it is used to the desert I don't know if you've been in the desert, you probably have. But for some people, you know, it's not really appealing. I don't want to go there. It's like dark, cold, and there's nothing to see. For other people, you can see that's beauty there. I also uh, have a picture, if you guys can put that on the screen, about how the desert looks. And probably at night is the most beautiful thing you can see. You know, it's all clear. The stars, you can see nature and nothing else. There's nothing else. But uh, through this experience, God is leading Jesus into the wilderness in order to show him something. See, when God takes you to the desert, to the wilderness, he is taking you there not to destroy you, not to like uh, make you like, you know, like uh, something different in your life, but like to be able to learn from that. His intent for him, from God's intent, is to not to test us, but to make us stronger when we go through that with his help, right? So um, the title of this uh, sermon is The Purifying Experience of the Wilderness. So why I choose that like title or what is it that like, is so purifying? It's an experience that purifies you as who you are. For me, it was really important to acknowledge that in the desert, not only beauty, but it's also comfort sometimes. Why? Like I say, when I grew up in, uh, in, in Tijuana, and it's a desert place, I remember walking back from school to my house, and it was uh, like a mile and a half, and we always have to walk. During the summertime, it was so hot that uh, it was hard. You know, that a mile and a half was hard because there's no trees. There's nothing to hide. But there were sometimes I remember this big field that you have to cross. And before I start crossing that field, I always stop in the, the last house that I can see and kind of like refuge in that shade and spend like maybe 10, 15 minutes there. And then I was ready just to keep going because that was the only way for me just to kind of like, you know, like go through that. Because uh, some, I mean, the summers there are really, really hot. Uh, and remembering that, what is the, the times in the desert, you know, the Jesus refuge and something that was there? We don't know. I know he was tempted. I don't know his experience. The Bible doesn't talk about, you know, every single step. But I wonder, how was it for him? We know he was the son of God. We know he was getting ready to start his ministry. And he had to go through this. 40 days. No food. He was hungry. He was tired. And the sun was probably just like taking a toll on his body. So, I don't know about you, but um, uh, when it comes to fasting, I'm not, you know, I respect everyone who fasts. I have fast and I still do it. But it was a, a time in my life, like uh, when I was very young, a pastor said, we're going to do 40 days fasting. I was like, well, wow, that's cool. <laughs> and whoever wants to like do it with me, you're more than welcome. I'm like, I want to try it just to see if you know how it feels, how it changes you and how important it is for you to have that experience. So I did it. I only last two weeks. It was just something I have never experienced before. 
I only like was drinking water. Just to keep everybody hydrated for two weeks. I remember the first week was like, ah, it was hard, but it was not a problem. You know, you, your body kind of get used to it. But the second week, it was the toughest for me. And I quit. I finished the second week. I said, I'm not doing this ever again. <laughs> this is too much. The pastor did it for 40 days. And he does it every year, I think, until now. And I think he's like, I don't know, 65, 67, something like that. And I was, wow, I, that's, 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 that's a lot. Um, what I'm trying to say with this is it's a process that you go through, right, to the desert. And yes, the devil is going to tempt you when you're the, the weakest and the, your weakest point in your life. Whether it's, you know, with your, with your family, whether it's, you know, at work, whatever you are, it's always going to be a test. And that's never going to end, right? We're not here at a new preaching about, uh, you know, the prosperity gospel. You know, everything's going to be fine if you come to the church. Everything's going to be perfect. No. I think every time I preach, I say, being a Christian is hard. It's hard work. And uh, Jesus is a proof of that. He's teaching us, you know, this is hard. To be able to do my ministry, I have to struggle. I have to go through this difficulty. But it's something, it's an, it's an experience that is like purifying your soul, your heart, your spirit. The only way he can make it was because he remembered his purpose in that desert. Remember when he's quoting a scripture? He grew up being Jewish, right? Since they're little, they learn about the history of their people. Uh, they learn about what their ancestors like went through, what the people of Israel went through. So it's people who knows the Bible. And he was, you know, taking that strength from what he learned. And that's something really powerful. What I mentioned at the beginning was, now that I've been thinking about it, I'm processing the times that I went through hard things, I didn't do it on my own. I didn't do it just because, oh, I'm so strong, I can do it by myself. No. I remember I was weak. I remember I thought, you know, I'm going to go back. I'm not going to, you know, follow Jesus anymore, follow God anymore, because this is too hard. This is too difficult. But my experience was in those moments when I was trying to give up, you know, the presence of God just came and just kind of, I didn't hear anything, but I feel that, you know, something that is lifting me up to keep going. One of the really, like, hard experiences and probably a little bit terrifying for me when I moved here, the first week that I was um, in Washington State, it was the first time that I moved away from my family, that comfort zone, you know, that sense of, you know, home and everything that I do here, you know, it's fine because I know everyone in my neighborhood, like, I'm safe. And uh, not that it wasn't unsafe here, no, I'm not trying to say that, but uh, it was just that comfort was, like, gone. You know, I have to do things on my own. Uh, I remember they picked me up for the airport, and uh, I couldn't speak any English. I was with my dictionary, and just trying to, like, oh, what do you say? Oh, I look it up <laughs> really quick. It was not a phone that you can Google Translate. Nope, it was a dictionary. <laughs> so it was hard for me. And the first week, I remember I stayed, like, uh, in the woods. So it was a home that it was just surrounded by forests. I was like, oh, this is awesome. But it, what, at, at night, it was really dark. 
Even if you have a light, I have to walk from, you know, it was the back house that I was staying on and the main house where they have the kitchen and stuff. You have to walk maybe from here to the parking lot outside. And then it was this like a sidewalk and I was walking and I froze and I was, what's going on? And I hear this voice that says, you're alone and you're mine. And I was so scared. That's one of the the scariest thing that I can really feel, because it wasn't just a voice. It was my whole body was just, it just froze. And I was shaking. I was like, what is this? Like, yes, I am alone. My family is not here anymore. I don't know these people really well. And wow. Then it was just a matter of like seconds. I don't know how long. And then I feel something is like, no, that's a lie. I'm not alone. Who is the one who's been with me my whole life? Who is the one who like called me his child, his son? And I remember that church. It was in that moment, you know, the first thing that I was like, I know my, when I went to church and I listened to the stories of the Bible and the, you know, the, the, the school teachers there and they, they, all the things that I learned, it just came back into my mind. I said, I'm not alone. I know in the Bible said that he, no matter where we go, no matter what we do, what we, and in life, he's going to go with us because that's his promise. Amen. And when I put that in my heart, it's like, yes, I'm not alone. And I don't know what this voice is, but like, it went away. All that feeling was like, wow, that was kind of like creepy and weird, but okay. <laughs> so um, that was one of my experiences. And it made me think about how important it is to, when you read the scripture, to keep that in your heart. Because no matter what, that doesn't go away. It's going to come in the right moment in your life. When you think you're alone by yourself and you're struggling so hard, so much that you think it's not a solution for you, and we don't have solutions, to be honest, as a human beings, like we don't. But that's when the presence of God comes, that overwhelming presence of His Spirit who lifts you up, His love, His mercy, His grace, is the one who's going to comfort you in those dark moments of your life. Amen? So when we feel our hearts and our minds feel burned out, everything seems like lifeless. And even talking, you know, like with other people, you can be surrounded by people and you can still feel lonely, which is weird, right? I have felt that before. I don't know about you. But um, even on those moments where you think you're in a desert in your life, that we are going, you know, as a, as a community, like globally, I feel that like we, these like past two years, we're going to that desert. And I don't want us to be comfortable being in that desert. I want us to learn from that and move on and walk, knowing that the one who has been with us the whole time is God, just like Jesus. He was filled by the Holy Spirit and he started walking through that desert and he knew he had a mission and he knew it was not going to be easy. But also he knew that his father was with him. And through those difficult times, he was going to be able to make it. Amen. So Jesus didn't wander in the desert by accident. It wasn't an accident. He went there with a purpose. 
because he wanted to hear from God. Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, Elijah, none of them were in the wilderness by accident. If you know the stories, if you have read the Bible, you know all these people who served God, they were just like us, human beings who made mistakes, who were trying to do the right thing, and sometimes they just did it wrong. And they were in the wilderness sometimes, but it wasn't by accident. And it's interesting how, you know, we see here, most of them, like, it was like this desert. And it's not a coincidence. It's also like 40 days, you know, like um, Moses, like how many years after, you know, he went from uh, Egypt until he went back for that uh, exodus that every, all the people from Israel went um, to Mona Sinai, if I remember correctly. It was like 40 years. He was old. He was 40 when that happens, and then he came back at 40 years after. So it was like 80-something-year-old who went back, used to save the people of Israel because he had a call. He had a purpose. And he spent a lot of time in that desert, right? But God was doing something in his life. God was transforming. God was changing not only his heart, his mind, everything. That transformation of your life that only God can do in all of us. But it's only if we're willing. It's only if we put the word as well. Uh, I also see this as a process for us to get in shape. Right? I know um, uh, a lot of people, I don't know about you, but a lot of people do, you know, their first uh, the New Year's resolution. One of them, the biggest one, number, probably number one is like fitness. You know, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do this. And then, yeah, they do good the first like couple of weeks and then you give up. But we know that if we continue with that, we eventually will get in shape, right? Because it's something that, it's a fact. We, you, do, you exercise, you get better. Your health gets better, everything gets better. So in this uh, specific, uh, the desert is like that. It's like your gym, your spiritual gym. <laughs> you go through the desert because you also need to exercise that. You also need to start hearing the, you know, God's voice. Right? And what is it that's so important? If one of the things that I can just like, just put together now, all these times since the beginning of the year, we like been hearing about these sermons, it's, it's creating that space of silence so can God can just speak to you. And, and, and when, I, when I hear that and when I see that, the only way possible for us to do that is you know, having the experience in the desert. Something that as, you know, the Western culture, we're not comfortable with because we just like to have everything we need. Just like, for example, it's cold this morning. I got here at seven and it was 43 degrees inside. And I don't like it. <laughs> you know, it was cold. But uh, it also reminds me about my sermon. Like, I'm not going to do things because I just feel comfortable about, you know, this or that. Not that we're not going to fix the furnace. We, we, we're working on it really hard. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's that sense of, you know, comfort that not everybody has. We go and we hear, the, you know, what's happening in the news when we see brothers and sisters struggling and hard things. And sometimes, me, I'm talking about me, not you. We complain about our heat, you know, here that I'm cold with other people that have been probably 
doing you know cold and, and worse situations for longer. So that really speaks into my heart and my life. And she's like, wow, God, I know you don't want us to suffer. I know you want the best for us. But sometimes there's something powerful about that suffering. It opens our eyes to see different perspectives. Opens our heart to actually receive and hear what God is saying. Two weeks ago, I mentioned that I wanted to do many things with my life. The last one that I wanted to do is become a pastor. And that's the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, one, because my dad is a pastor. I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to become my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Two, because it is hard. Sometimes it's lonely. And um, I can have a bunch of other things, but no, we're just going to keep it like that. But one of the things that I know that I remember is like God has called me to do this. And it's a joy in my heart every time I get used to share to, you know, like not only when I'm preaching, but when I interact with other people from our neighbors, you know, people that is new that comes here to the church. It's just a reminder for all of us this morning that God is doing something, that God is changing the way we think, the way we feel our culture, especially in the church, when sometimes we're like so religious and we do things because that's what we've been doing for the past, you know, since I remember. But God wants to like shape you and transform you every single day and speak life into you every single day and something new, something fresh. And that's what I'm excited about. As a church, as a community, we are, you know, we learn together from each other. I don't have all the answers. Not because I'm here as like, yeah, you can ask me anything about the Bible, I will give you the answer. No. It's many things that I need to learn, especially through this season. Without Pastor David, like, so many things that I've been learning and many things that like, wow, wow, I need to learn more about that. So, but it's important for us to realize, you know, in our weakness, even sometimes we, we don't feel like, ready enough to do things, that we can trust our God, that we can, you know, our faith is in Him. Everything that we do and everything that we know, I pray that He's the one who's leading you and that you can have that space, that time, that you can listen to His voice. The reason why, because when we do that, church, there is no misunderstandings in like what we as a community should do together. There is not like, oh, I hear something different and I hear other things. As a community, when we all hear from God, God is going to speak to us and is going to say the same thing. It wouldn't be any confusion. It wouldn't be any like misunderstandings or like, oh, I'm going this way and somebody else is going the other way. But bringing us together, especially as a uh, multi-ethnic church, when we all have different backgrounds, different ethnicities, I'm Mexican. Uh, that is something that is hard and is difficult. If it was easy, I'm guaranteed this place will be full. And it will be different, right? But doing the hard work, it's beautiful also. Because we learn from God, and He's the one who's leading us and leading this church. Not the leaders, 
not the pastors, but it's God, because we all relied on him. Even when I think, you know, I don't have anything to share, God, I don't have anything, but please, just speak into our lives. I always pray to God, you know, I want to be a blessing, whatever that looks like, to other people. And I want you to be a blessing to other people, to your community, even in your workplace. Um, so uh, let me go back to my... So one of the things that I uh, learned about the wilderness and uh, one of the things that it teaches us is that we are not the center of the universe. Uh, let me tell you, you know, break you uh, back news, but we are not the center of the universe. God is. Life isn't about our dreams, our agendas, our hopes, our ideas, our plans. Life is about God's dream for us, God's agendas for us, God's ideas for us, God's plans for us. It's, it's in the kingdom of heaven, of heaven the, the thing that we're praying to come to us, right? One of the things that I mentioned that, that I didn't want to become a pastor is it wasn't about my dreams. It wasn't about what I wanted to do. When I learned that, that's when God started changing something in my heart, something different. Like, yeah, it's not about me or what I want. I always learn something. I don't, wanna, I don't want God to feed into my plans. What I'm doing, you know, God, when I'm ready, let, let me get married first. Let me do this first. Let me have a career. Let me have a house. Let me have this, this, and this. And then I can do ministry. I don't have, you know, most of those things I'm still working on. <laughs> so um, when you put your mind and set your mind to know that you're not the center of that, that God is, things start changing around you in a powerful way. Because you know they're lining up to the things that God has for you is the best thing you can do. Because you can have a plan. I'm not saying that you, 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 you don't. You also need a plan. But you need to rely first on what God is telling you to do. So um, I want to read one of the uh, verses here. Uh, verse 5, it says, the devil led him into a high place and showed him in that instance all the kingdoms of, of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has given to me and it can give it to anyone I want. If you worship me, I will it all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worshiping the Lord your God and serve it only. And that's what I want to focus on this morning. When you recognize that everything that you own, everything that you are belongs to God. And that He's the one who you should worship and serve. That's the moment that I can think you're ready to come out of that desert. This is just my idea. Because when Jesus went through the temptations and he said no to the devil three times. And quoted the scripture, he was ready after those 40 days to do the ministry that we all know that he did. Doing miracles, serving people, teaching his disciples. He, he couldn't done that without this learning process. And now, as we all reflect and learn all these 40 days, 
We should keep that in mind, church. That is not about us. It's about what God has for us. That we need to listen to his voice. To guard our hearts. To say, you know, God, I want to follow you. And I want, I want to do that with intention. I want to be different for your glory. And I want to close with this. The times we're living on our heart, we have learned this year has been hard since the beginning. <laughs> the first week we came back is when the furnace started like not working. And we haven't been able to fix it and it's March. So summer is going to be here soon. We probably won't need it anymore, but we're still going to work on it. But the thing that I'm trying to say is like life is difficult. No matter what we do, no matter how good are we, you know, plan to fix things or to be prepared for. But God is teaching us this morning the purifying experience of the wildness is so beautiful. It's so powerful. It's a powerful thing that we can learn from. And as we come together every Sunday, not to do things and, you know, this is what we do every Sunday. This is how we've been done it for the past blah, 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 10 years. But it's something that God can transform us and then we can learn things and we can grow from that. And then we can move together as a church for us and for our community, for our neighborhood. So would you join me in prayer this morning that we can uh, come together and see God's face as a church, as the body so let's pray. Thank you, God, for the opportunity of just being here this morning. Thank you, God, for the things that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for the beautiful uh, ways that you're teaching us and then we're learning from you. And I pray that you can speak in people's life today, tomorrow, for the months ahead. We don't know what else is going to surprise us and this year that we're not going to be ready for it. But I pray that you can give us the strength, the wisdom, and also lead us into what you have for all of us as a community. The things that we can help, the things that we can serve one another, the things we can serve the people who is not part of our community, but we also want to learn how to do that well. Thank you, God, for the opportunity you have given me just to share this morning and to be part of the Renew Church. Thank you, God, for the many ways that you always, always working in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.